Welcome to the Well-Versed Podcast. This is episode one. My name is Jasmine Denton, and I am joined by... Matt Smith. I am so excited to get started. Are you ready? I am. I'm excited for um, this podcast, a new season of podcasting for our church, Yeah. a new evolution of these conversations, and I think this is going to be the coolest one we've done yet. I agree. We've done several podcasts yeah. from our church. We, you know, we have our regular Sunday Vintage Church podcast. Mm-hmm. You and Ricky Bourne did our deeper podcast right. for a long time. There's like over 100 episodes. So, you know, is any, it really over 100 it's episodes? It's over 100 episodes. Yeah. So if wow. anybody's like, hey, I just really need to hear more. Yeah. That's go, cool. Go back. Go yeah, listen to this. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That yeah. was. Yeah. We had the Practical Faith podcast. Right. Had multiple uh, kind of like episodes or seasons mm-hmm. of that as well. Yeah. And who knows? We might cook that back up again. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. And then this is sort of a conglomeration or a, a meeting of a podcast and uh, the Midweek Live yeah. that we used to do. Yeah. There for a while. And if you didn't catch any of those, I'm sure they're archived somewhere. They're on, on YouTube. YouTube mm-hmm. or in the app yep. where every Wednesday and for sometimes just a season mm-hmm. uh, for a period of time or a subject that we felt like we needed to lean into a little yeah. bit more. Uh, those were broadcast live yeah. on Wednesdays. But they got started during COVID because we would go live. Yeah, and this was before we had these really cool oh, set, we just up, set up and, our phone. and we had our main man, Storm Curry, That's that right. kind of do video yeah. as frequently as he does now. But yeah, this this is one that I think has been on our hearts for a while. And yeah. even in the title, Well-Versed, mm-hmm. the, this is an attempt for us to get people to engage with scripture. Yeah. And if if, you, if people are listening, what's the heart of this verse? And you can watch the trailer kind of intro in this mm-hmm. and the description. But I think both of our hearts is, we hope that as you listen in these conversations, and that was kind of midweek live as well. It was. Mm-hmm. That it, it encourages you, inspires you, convicts you, challenges you to engage with the word of God. Yeah. And we know that it can be really intimidating to to open your Bible and you know you don't know where to start. And so I hope that as you're listening to this, you know, maybe you're listening to this in the car and you know, we don't want you to read while you're driving, but we hope that from this you you go back to the word. Maybe you go and you open your Bible sure. to the scripture that we're talking about today. Um, process this with with God in, in your own quiet time. Uh, we hope that this kind of helps to break some of those barriers that we feel yeah. um, when, when we start looking at scripture. But one thing that's different about this is mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, just the audio version, right through the app or whatever, there is a video there of is. this right now. And so if you want to jump in on YouTube, and maybe that's what you want to do is, as you listen to these episodes, pull it up on your on your smart TV or something like that, mm-hmm. get your Bible out yeah. and just kind of join along with us as we have this conversation. And that's yeah. another thing that we deeply believe that learning scripture and learning the Bible and understanding the Bible happens in the context of community, community. and conversation. Yep. And that's why we try to model this for our church. And maybe you're listening, you don't go to our church and, mm-hmm. and we're just excited that you're jumping along with this new season of podcasting for us. And we hope that the content really helps you understand God a little better. For sure. Yeah. Well, today is Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. And that marks the beginning of a season leading up to Easter that we call Lent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's 40 days that leads us to Easter, not including Sundays. It's about seven weeks. There's seven Wednesdays from now until Holy Week. And we'll be uh, jumping into this well-versed video podcast each week. And uh, I want us to talk for just a few minutes, like what is what is Ash Wednesday? Because a lot of people didn't grow up with this. Yeah. Whether you grew up in church or not, there are a lot of uh, even Christian traditions that they don't, 
acknowledge or celebrate. And that's fine. Lent isn't something that is actually found in the Bible. Like it's not a mandated sort of no. observance, no. Um, but it is a way that we intentionally, you know, turn our hearts um, to Jesus looking toward the cross. And it's a, a time of repentance, a time of kind of self-examination before God um, yeah. to to lead us up to the like that joyous moment of mm-hmm. Easter and fully understand like, Jesus, you had, you. I need to do, to die for me, I needed a savior. Um, so let's talk about Ash Wednesday and Lent. Like, did you grow up with this on your radar? Yeah, and even as you're talking, I'm I'm, I'm thinking about, especially at, at our church. Mm-hmm. And there was a season in my life where everything in me wanted to to move in the opposite direction yeah. of tradition. Yeah, uh, sure. Because. I grew up in a church where tradition was so sacred, it was almost elevated to an idolizing type place where we fell more in love with the traditions than we did the God that they were supposed to point to. Mm -hmm. And the church has a really bad habit of of swinging to one end of the spectrum or the other. You are so right. It's like we, in order to strip the the over-elevated place these things have put in, we've just completely abandoned them. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't good. No. And I'm grateful that as modern as our church, that's a weird term. It's a weird and word. I hope you're watching on video. <laughs> we've got modern, the uh, air quotes going on uh, here. As our church is, I'm grateful that we're reclaiming yeah. some of these beautiful traditions because mm-hmm. when they were started, they were started with such beautiful intention. Yeah. There was so much of beauty in what they hoped they would symbolize, and this. So, so answer your question. Yes, I've I've heard about the Lenten season. Uh, I think for most of my life, I didn't appreciate it the way that I do now, mm-hmm. and even embrace it like I do now. This understanding that this is a season of not just preparation, but a season to sit in. Mm. and understand the suffering that was necessary by Jesus for my sin. Yeah. And walking into Easter with this really intentional process for us as growing up, it's like, yeah, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give up Skittles for 40 days (laughs) or something silly like that. Right. And I think what I hope we're going to do as this episode leading into Lent is to challenge people to see it for what it is and to embrace it in a way they they never have before. Yeah. So I love what you said about, you know, we're quote unquote modern church. Lent ties us to the historical Christian church. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we forget that we are part of something that has existed for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And uh that we're not we're not the first people who have gone through what we're going through in our day and time. It looks different than it did before, um, just in a, a cultural way. And so I think that by uh, us maybe observing or leaning into sort of these more ancient practices, um, it can give us a bigger picture of who God is. Like He's been working over long period of time, you know, we can just be this prisoner of the moment. Um, But this idea of Lent and like, what, what is it that we're hoping? What do we hope our church or anybody who's listening, whether you're part of our church or not, what do we hope for the capital C church in, yes, in our day and time, in the time that we are planting our feet here on the earth? Like what, what are you kind of hoping for in the next 40 days? Well, 
for for me, what I began to hope for was was shifted when I began to revisit Ash Wednesday mm. and historically what Christians, followers of Jesus, believers in Christ, hope to do on Ash Wednesday, even with the mm. whole concept of ashes. Yes. You know, in in ancient traditions, historical church traditions on Ash Wednesday, and if if you're listening to this on Wednesday, you've probably encountered somebody in the grocery store that mm-hmm. has a weird mark on their forehead, and you're like, "What's that smudge on their forehead?" Because that's <laughs> typically where yeah. that you if you if you go to a, um, a service or something like that on Wednesday, mm-hmm. there will be somebody of clergy that mm-hmm. will put their fingertips in ashes and they will mark their forehead mm-hmm. or they will do it themselves on their hand. And it's, you know, from dust we came, from dust we will return. Right. It's a day to remember our own mortality mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. understand why we have to wrestle with death. Yeah. Because Easter is about celebrating what Jesus did to conquer death because sin entered the world. Yeah. And so as you start this season, ashes reminds you of the reality of your death and the reality of death was brought on because of sin and Jesus came because sin needed to be conquered in order right. to make us right with God. And so it's that's why we start with Ash Wednesday with the dust, this reminder of death has been ushered in, mm-hmm. our own mortality set before us. And as, as we receive those ashes, we, we're... We're reminded of that reality, and for me, it's not—it's it's a reminder of why that reality came. Because mm. understanding why death is a part of life right. is key to understanding why Jesus was necessary. Yeah, mm. that's good. Well, and even so, that act of someone putting ashes on you—what that ceremony or whatever it's called—it's called the imposition mm. of the ashes, and and I think like. That's what death is. Death is such an imposition. Mm. You know, we we see our, our life ahead of us. No one knows how many days we have, you know, on this earth. And death can be such an imposition that um, it's an inconvenience. It's a horrible thing to think about. Like, oh gosh, like this thing, this ends. I only have a limited amount of time on this earth. And then Jesus conquering death, knowing like, yes, even though this ends, there is there is still more, right. um, and that's a there. It is it's that both and it's that paradox of of we live in a time of it's like Advent of living in that in between. You know, we know the hope that we have on the other side of the cross. We know the hope that we have on the other side of death, and yet we do still have to remember our mortality. We do still have to remember we only get one time to live this mortal human life. And part of living in in this in our mortality and with a mindfulness of um, you know, like Moses said, teach me, O Lord, to number my days that I might have a heart of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Like that we really lean into that during Lent, that Lord, help this time where I kind of clear the clutter of my life to lead me to a place of wisdom so that I do whatever time you have allowed for me to have on this earth, I use it well. Um, And so that's sort of what Ash Wednesday launches us into is this larger season of Lent. Um, Then Ash Wednesday is just sort of that, that marker that day. Um, It's preceded by Mardi Gras, 
or Fat Tuesday, um, which is so it's so funny. But that's that's the contrast, right? Of all of the the gluttony and the you know, the boisterous uh, Mm. celebration of Mardi Gras to then like the somber observance of Ash Wednesday. Um, I'm not saying that anybody needs to go and like live it up for the sake of, (laughs) you know, celebrating Lent, but it it, it does- you're headed to New Orleans right now. Right. Turn around. Turn around. Uh, But it does demonstrate that stark contrast between living life the way that we always do and then living it with an awareness of our own mortality, the fact that we are dust and ashes Mm. and the cost that Jesus paid on our behalf. Yeah. And you know, you asked the question, what what am I hoping for, for our church or for believers as as we walk through this season? I'll tell you for me sure. what God's been pressing into me during yeah. as we prepare for this Lent season and, and maybe it's what other people need to lean into as well. I think it's so easy to think about Sunday and overlook Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we love the reality of the empty tomb <laughs> we love the, the celebration that it brings. We love the meaning of it and that kind of thing. And yes, our church has always very intentionally tried to walk people into Good Friday as well, mm-hmm. when G, the day that Jesus you know, died on the cross. But during this season, to, to, to sit in a holistic view mm-hmm. of that weekend and the gospel. <clears throat> yeah. To, to understand that the events of that weekend, to, take, to feel some personal responsibility. Hmm for why it had to happen. Yeah. It, you know, and to embrace, and, and that's what Ash Wednesday, or Ash Wednesday and Lent and all that is supposed to usher in. And and that's the reason why so many people, or the, traditionally the church would fast. Mm-hmm. It was it was, it was a serious thing. It, and I go back to the, as we were kids and teenagers and that kind of stuff, give up something for Lent. Yeah. And you'll hear that, that asked a lot. What are you yeah. giving up for Lent? Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a bad tradition. No, I but think I would, we should definitely talk about that. I think, but the way I think we've approached it is small. <laughs> yes. And in a lot of ways, not very effective. Yeah. And so I've been thinking if, if, the original intent was for us to put ourselves in a position of suffering mm-hmm. so that we could orient our hearts mm-hmm. to the suffering that Jesus went through for us. Mm-hmm. Can I be honest? Yes. I don't know that ever in my life I've truly done that in Lent. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've given up stuff that mm-hmm. wasn't easy or wasn't fun, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about would you be willing, will I be willing to say, I'm going to in this Lenten season, mm-hmm. put myself in a position where it's going to be more uncomfortable for 40 days than it ever has before. Yeah. I will never be able to put myself in as uncomfortable a position as Jesus put himself. Correct. In not, And I don't think just about Garden of Gethsemane, agonizing right. over the cross, the actual physical, emotional sure. pain of of going through crucifixion, but even the discomfort of the divine becoming human. Right. And embracing the all of that experience and, mm-hmm. and the, the the decision to put that on himself, to mm-hmm. to lay down and to forfeit all of this part of who he was as part of being human. And 
what I'm seeking God for me is how do I do that? Mm-hmm. Because I think we should. How do I put myself in a position during this Lenten season? What do I, what do I take away? What do, what do I deny? It's a season of self-denial mm-hmm. because that's what Jesus modeled his whole yes. ministry, his whole life, self-denial and coming to earth, self-denial in nobody could kill Jesus. He laid down his life, self-denial right. all the way through. What do we do? Mm-hmm. as the church to give up something for Lent. I keep doing these quotes. <laughs> uh, to Because this is the thing. Nobody wants to choose suffering. Right. Our whole culture is built around building a life uh-huh. free of suffering. Yes. So that's why I want the right house, the right car, the yes. right clothes, the right pillow, the <laughs> right mattress, the right... Con- <sighs> like we... There's billions of dollars built on humans finding a way to make everything more convenient. Oh yeah. Well, and to insulate you from ever having to experience any level of discomfort. And even as believers, and this is something I've been thinking about uh, as we started you know, our church year talking about God's promises and trusting God is I think that you wanna say like, yes, I trust God, but I'm going to do everything conceivably possible to never have to. Mm. And... Uh, like removing, so Lent can be that season of sort of removing those built-in things that have brought you comfort or relief or reassurance or that sense of self-preservation, self-reliance, and just like, I really am going to trust you. Um, And sometimes that does look like giving something up. Sometimes that looks like um, sort of editing your life this is mm. kind of the word that I'm going to use here. Uh, that you know, there are a lot of things that often get in the way of us seeing Jesus, pursuing um, a closer, more intimate relationship with Him. It's things that we choose. Um, things like you know, a Netflix series, or um, I don't know, other I don't whatever whatever those things are. Um, maybe it's a podcast that you listen to all the time. That, Anything that's going to distract you, and you can edit those things out for a season to say, these things aren't inherently bad or sinful, but it's getting in the way. And so this is a season where you can remove those things. And it's also a season where traditionally, like you're called to fast. Mm -hmm. And fasting is different from those abstaining from watching Netflix. It's truly like not eating. Um, And experiencing that, the deep, so when we say self-denial, a lot of times the things that we choose to deny ourselves of during Lent are things that we don't actually need anyway. They're more comforts They're than necessities. They're just comforts than necessities. But the one thing you need, you need food. Right. <clears throat> and you know, there's a whole lot that we can get into with, with food fasting. And it's something that you need to do like with, um, with wisdom and understanding, and you know, it's not like a it's not a diet plan or whatever, but um, it's often a season of fasting yeah. and and denying yourself the things that you actually need. Uh, it's also a time of you know, sort of trading one thing for another. Like maybe instead of maybe you're saying like I'm not going to I'm not going to go out to eat for 40 days. Like, I'm not gonna go to a, a restaurant. I'm gonna pay anybody else to make food for me for 40 days. But instead, that money, you you give away. Mm. Um, and gosh, I wish that I'd written this down in my notes. It just popped into my head. Um, oh, where is it? 
I think it's in, it's in Isaiah, Jeremiah. I don't know. Where God says like the kind of fasting that he desires is like seeking justice and helping the poor. Like mm. he's not looking for you to just be miserable all the time. But he's like, what are you doing in the world? Mm. What are you doing with your fast? That's what matters. It's not yeah. just that you're denying yourself something. It's what are you doing yeah. out of that? Mm. Um, but so, you know, what are we inviting people to do? I think we are inviting you to, what do you need to edit out? this season. Like, what is it that for 40 days you can say, I'm not going to blank or I'm going to engage in some type of a fast for 40, you know, for 40 days. Maybe it's one day a week for 40 days that you fast. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? This is what I'll say. Instead of giving a specific thing for somebody to do, I'll kind of, as as concisely as I can, (laughs) um, say, this is what I would, would challenge all of us to do is to find a way to embrace and feel the suffering that Jesus felt in a mm. way that's real and tangible. Yeah. To, if we're going to orient our hearts around the weight of sin and death, mm-hmm. to walk into Easter with gratitude over what it means. It's a time to personally embrace suffering out of gratitude for the suffering he embraced for us. Mm. And so what do you need to do? And it sounds really weird for the next 40 days to suffer. Mm. I'm at, he chose to suffer for us. Mm-hmm. So what I'm inviting our church to do is to embrace some suffering out of gratitude for the suffering he embraced for us. I think of Philippians. It hit me as we we're sitting here talking. Yeah. Uh, Philippians chapter three. Mm-hmm. You know, we know this passage uh, starts from verse seven. Paul is on this passionate, we'll call it a rant. Yeah. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of, of faith. And this is what I thought of verse 10. I wanna know Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's something we all say we want to know. Right. We all we live and love like Jesus. To know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Mm-hmm. Becoming like him in his death. And so, so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. You want to be like Jesus? We always think of that in terms of holiness and purity. But right. to be like Jesus is to embrace suffering, mm-hmm. to choose it. Suffering that's, that's on like you said, for the benefit of honoring God, giving him glory, mm-hmm. ministering to other people. And so spend some time praying, seeking God for how you can suffer yeah, intentionally over the next 40 days mm-hmm. in order to ha- walk into Easter with a better appreciation for the suffering he endured for you. Mm, that's good. I like that uh, my goal is to know him. Mm. Um, it reminds me of Job. Mm. Um, and you can talk about suffering. And that was not obviously something that he chose, but it's something that was placed on him as sort of a test. And you know, we get to the end of the book of Job and 
you know, he finally came to a place where he was like, I've not done anything wrong. I don't understand why this is happening. And God basically says like, where were you? Okay, Job, Mm. you answer me. Where were you when I carved the oceans? Where, like, where were you? Mm. Um, And at the the very end of Job in, uh, so this is Job 42, Job replies to the Lord and he says, I had heard reports about you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I reject my words and I'm sorry for them. I am dust and ashes. When you talk about knowing God, when we, if we would spend our time during Lent embracing suffering, but also with a renewed zeal for knowing the Lord, for knowing Christ, for knowing yeah. His sufferings, that's when we are put in, like we put ourselves into true perspective. It was when Job says, now my eyes have seen you, so I know that I'm dust. When we can not just embrace the whatever fast or abstinence that we choose over the next 40 days, but it's also where are you setting your eyes? Are you setting your eyes on knowing Christ more? Are you setting your eyes on understanding who the Father is and His nature and His character? Because when you do that, you will be well aware of your own failures and your own sin and your own shortcomings to bring you to a place of confession, to bring you to that place of repentance, change, to where like your life really does start, like the needle starts to move. You start degree by degree growing in maturity in Christ, which is not just better for you, but it's better for our world. It's better for this church. It's better for our community. Mm -hmm. That's how a fast accomplishes what God is trying to do in our world. Um, So I would just encourage you, you know, as you consider how you're going to intentionally move through this season of Lent, not just thinking about what are you going to give up, but what are you going to put in? Like, where are you gonna fix your eyes? What kind of intentional time are you going to spend with the Lord? Some of these things that you're removing, I hope that you replace it with being quiet in prayer, Mm -hmm. of reading scripture, maybe you're making time to be part of a community group or one of our classes or gathering with friends to open God's word, that it's not just a time about removing things, but it's about putting the right things back in so that we have a truer understanding of who God is, which leads us into the season that we're gonna uh, move through in this Wellverse podcast. We want to understand who Jesus is to give us this Per, like proper perspective of who he is and what he's offering to us. So we're going to go through the seven I am statements of Jesus. Yeah. But what you, you I feel like you got something to say. Yeah. Go. I, I feel like what I want to say about what you're going to ask me, uh-huh. we don't have enough time to say. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so I think that's where we kind of wrap up today okay. is introducing people to what we're going to walk right, into right, right. in the, in the weeks okay. ahead. That I'm you're glad right. you can see the clock. The, the best way <laughs> to understand who Jesus is, is to lean in to who he himself said he was. Yes. And that's what we're gonna do as we walk through these I am statements of Jesus. And even we'll start next week with one that I think people often miss. Okay. I am so excited to get started. It's gonna be great. Okay. Are we, gonna, are we done? Yeah, we let's wrap up, up there. Well, right. and guys, we would we would love to hear from you. Uh, let us know, communicate with us. And most people know all the means they can communicate with us to to let us know maybe what God is gonna lean, cause you to lean into, what he's gonna, what he's, 
pressing in on your heart to do as you as you move forward in this Lenten season. And we want to pray with you as you go alongside mm-hmm. that. I would challenge you, whatever you're deciding to do for Lent, share it with someone Please do. Yes. for that accountability as we walk through this season of Lent. And let us be a part of that journey as we walk through these I Am statements over the next few weeks. All right. Bye, everybody.